Hey, what's up, beautiful loves? It's your girl, Monique, and welcome to A Date With Destiny. You already know that this podcast was designed with young people in mind. We are here to equip, encourage, and empower young people in mind, body, and soul. It's a place where amazing things happen. So, thanks for tuning in. Well, truly, this is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. We bless God. We thank Him for watching over us all. You know, we thank Him for in the morning how he wake, wake us up in our right minds we bless god that he have us all in the palm of his hands he have our children our loved ones our friends you know family near and far those connected to us we thank god for who he is we thank him we bless his name truly god alone is worthy to be praised and we just say our our prayer you know by saying in psalms 5 we just pray this prayer and saying give ear to our words O lord consider our sighing listen to our cry for help our king and our god for to you we pray in the morning O lord in the morning O lord you hear our voice in the morning we just have a request before you and wait in expectation you are not a god who takes pleasure in evil with you the wicked cannot dwell the arrogant cannot stand in your presence you hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies, bloodthirsty and deceitful men, the Lord of hers. But I, by your great mercy, will come into your house and reverence will be bowed down towards your holy temple. Lead us, O Lord, in your righteousness because of our enemies. Make straight your way before us. Not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with destruction and their throat is an open grave. With their tongue they speak deceit. Declare them guilty, O God, and let their intrigues be their downfall. Banish them for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them. That those who love your name may rejoice in you. For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. And dear God, we just give you all the glory, honor, and praise. We thank you that you forgive our sins and unknown sins. We give you all the glory, honor. God, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you for every listener right now. May you touch them and bless them. In a mighty special way, open up doors unto them, oh God. God, make miracles, dear God, victory, breakthrough, come their way, oh Jesus, dear God. Oh God, new opportunities. God, thank you for doing a new thing in and through them right now. Continue to stir up the gifts and talents that are on the inside of them, oh Father. We bless your name. We thank you right now in advance. Hallelujah. We glorify you, Jesus. We thank you. We appreciate you, God. We love you because you first love us. Thank you that we are valuable to you, God. Thank you that you care about us. Thank you that you love us so much that you sent your one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for each and every one of us. Thank you so much, oh God, that we can have eternal life in you, oh God. Thank you, Jesus, that you came that we might have life. I have them abundantly to the full until it overflows, oh God. Thank you, Jesus, right now. We're just going to continue to walk by faith and not by sight. And we pray in faith and believe by faith and take you by your word. Glory be to God. In Jesus' precious mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Truly, God is awesome. Isn't he wonderful, y'all? Isn't he magnificent? Oh, glory be to God. And you know what? Just be blessed on today's episode as 
I just share with you. Well, it's mainly, you know, to the ladies. The Confident Woman Devotional by Joyce Meyer. And then I'll share Miss Mandy Hale. You may have heard of her, ladies. or I don't know if you, you probably haven't heard of her, but she's just an... Uh, just a total inspiration to all single women everywhere and she have wrote several books and I just want to be sharing with you because I have all her books and I just want to be sharing with you I've never been to Vegas but my luggage has okay by Miss Mandy Hill and also beautiful uncertainty by Miss Mandy Hill okay so each time you know that I come on this is what I'll be sharing with all of you ladies okay so I just hope you all just be blessed all right in your soul okay so sit back relax and get some ice cream or something all right here we go the confident woman devotional by Joyce Meyer day one topic Jesus came Scripture, Matthew 14, verses 25 through 27. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they screamed out with fright. But instantly he spoke to them saying, Take courage, I am. Stop being afraid. As was true of the 12 disciples, you are full of capabilities, gifts, and talents. God's enablement of his grace and presence is with you. So, what are we all doing with our lives? Are we like the 11 disciples who stayed in the boat? Or are we like Peter, who when Jesus was passing by, said, Lord, I want to walk on the water with you. Do you have a vision for your life and, and want to do something greater than what you're doing? We all should have that within ourselves. You know, are we just going to sit in the boat and shake and quake and watch the rest of the world go by? Or will you be one of those rare individuals who jumps out the boat and refuses to live afraid but live fearless it's up to us you know what we're going to do fear is always going to try to come against us but we have to fight it with faith we must believe and trust God and have faith over fear Jesus has said these words, take courage. That's how you could just say to ourselves in our situations, take courage. Jesus said, take courage. I am. Stop being afraid. We don't have to be afraid. But we can put our whole trust, hope, and faith in the Lord. It's time to step out and do the thing you desire to do. So, dear Lord, we praise you. And we thank you for everything. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you come to us and extend your presence to us. Your beautiful, amazing, glorious presence and your mighty helping 
amazing, wonderful, powerful helping hands towards us. Like Peter, we want to be a water walker. In Jesus' name, amen. I've never been to Vegas, but my luggage has by Miss Mandy Hill. Chapter 1, Once Upon a Flight. I've never been to Vegas, but my luggage has. Allow me to explain. Eight years ago, I was living in the dream, working as an associate producer in country music television's new department. I had been bumped up from the production assistant in a record three months without having to step on anyone to get there. For the first couple of months and running errands, but I caught my big break one September day when one of the senior staff members called in sick, leaving a short staff with an up-and-coming country music singer due in the CMT studios later that day to record a piece about his workout habits. And no one available to do the interview. I was assigned to the task at the last minute nervous and shaky but feigning confidence I completed the interview with ease and even managed to vibe with the country cutie having proven my ability to rise to the occasion I found that my responsibilities continued to increase a few months later I was handed the plum assignment of interviewing the stars on the red carpet at the CMT Music Awards I could barely contain my excitement. Dirks and Kenny and Keith and oh my, after a mildly unpleasant run in with an older actor who seemed exceedingly grouchy for someone at an award show. Let's just say he must have been on leave from the Starship Enterprise and wasn't happy about it. I looked up to see a vision in brown making his way towards me. Keith Urban in all his still single pre-Nicole Kidman glory was standing in front of my microphone with an expectant look on his face. I managed to snap to attention and point the microphone at Keith, ready to get down to the business of talking clothes. So, Keith, I brightly pretending I was chatting with an average Joe, tell me about your outfit. Keith looked at me with a bit of hesitation in the midst of the awkward pause with me shifting around nervously he reached over to grab the hand of the woman standing beside him much to my mortification the hand just happened to be attached to Miss Loretta Lynn one of country's music biggest legends decked out in a gigantic ball gown that reveled Cinderella's and I had completely overlooked her the associate producer there to talk about fashion. Me had slighted a country music icon who also happened to be wearing possibly the most ornate, sparkly, and grand outfit of the entire evening. Why don't we talk about Miss Loretta's outfit first? He said in his adorable accent. Showing me incredible amounts of grace considering I had basically just snubbed one of country music's most beloved divas. Wanting very much to crawl under the red carpet and disappear, I turned to Miss Loretta Lynn 
who gazed compassionately back at this completely clueless and inexperienced 25-year-old associate producer who was just trying to make her way in a world that Miss Lynn had long ago taken by storm. Not once, not an ounce of indignation or attitude or impatience on her face. The beautiful, graceful woman answered all my questions, humbly and kindly, not at all ruffled by the fact that a punk kid had completely disregarded her in order to drool over the much younger and at the time much less established Keith Urban. I was taught something about true humility and grace that night in a much gentler way that I probably deserve and by a woman who was lighting fires and blazing trails through the world before I was even a gleam in my daddy's eye. That gigantic snaffle aside, the rest of the evening went by in a flash of sparkly belt buckles, gleaming white teeth, and shiny cowboy boots. And the news package I put together about the colorful, boisterous fashion of the 2004 CMT Music Awards went over so well. I was given even more responsibility at work. Before I knew it, I was chosen to be a part of the team that flew to Las Vegas for the Academy of Country Music Awards in April 2005, where I would once again be producing the fashion piece of the show. I was obviously ecstatic and overjoyed, and I felt like at a tender age of 25, I had arrived. My career was on the fast track. I was flying high for the weeks. Until one day, the sober realization had hit me. I don't like to fly high. Actually, I don't like to fly at all. Nothing appealed to me about climbing into a long metal cylinder and skyrocketing thousands of feet off the ground, putting my life into the hands of pilots who I don't even know. And... Though I had flown three times before, the last time I had become so unglued, I had screeched, I want off this plane at the top of my lungs, just as the jets started taxiing full steam ahead down that runway. I did, however, somehow manage to suck it up and hold it together for the duration of that flight. But that flight had been pre-911. In the post 911 world of uncertainty, orange flags, and raised threat levels. I wanted no part of flying. The seemingly not so friendly skies. But how to explain that to my bosses? And how could I turn down a wholly sought after assignment that was guaranteed to solid, solidify my status as a valued member of the team? Possibly even nabbing myself a producer title instead of an AP. I decided I would just have to look at it as mind over matter, get over myself and make that flight come hell or high water. On the day of departure, I couldn't eat all morning. I had barely slept the night before and was a gigantic ball of nerves. I'm fairly certain I was also wild-eyed and disheveled, looking as a result of my overall terror and lack of sleep, basically. I look like Nick Nolte in the very memorable mugshots. When I showed up at that airport, my boss looked 
sincerely concerned as I fumbled to get my shoes off and go through security. The security guards peered at me a little suspiciously. I somehow managed to make it onto that plane and into the seat without passing out, noticing as I filed back to the coach that the members of one of country's music's biggest bands were seated with their wives in first class. Once in, a, in my seat, I pulled out People magazine to distract myself. It didn't work. I went for the U.S. Weekly, and that still didn't work. The girl in the seat to my left looked increasingly alarmed as I continued to dig through my purse as if I were digging my way off this plane and to China. I took two very mild anxiety pills that my doctor had prescribed, praying that they would transport me to my happy place or even just a slightly tolerable place. No such luck. I took several deep, calming breaths and tried to close my eyes tight to shut out the world. All around me, I could hear plane sounds, fellow passengers, and overhead luggage compartment door slamming somewhere in the midst of all of this. I limped to my feet bashing my head into the plane ceiling so hard that I saw stars and not of the country music variety. So much adrenaline was coursing through my veins from the rising panic in my stomach. I barely even registered the pain. I frantically made my way to the front of the plane, well aware that the other passengers were staring at me curiously, wondering who the Nick Nolt lookalike with the shaky hands was and if they should start trying to call 911 and they're in their in-flight phones. Excuse me, ma'am. I hiss urgently at the nearest flight attendant. I need to get off this plane. The young blonde flight attendant whipped around in confusion to see who was causing such commotion and seemed relieved to find me in all my skinny twitching glory which I guess was preferable to a bona fide terrorist with dynamite strapped to her shoes. She immediately launched into soothing crisis averting mode. Now ma'am it's okay. People fly every single day with no problems at all. Is there anything we can do to make your experience more enjoyable? Yes I thought you can knock me in the head with a blunt object and wake me up only once we have arrived in Vegas. No, I don't think so. I think I just need to get off this plane. The country music group sitting at the front of the plane in first class was much to my charge. Witnessing this entire humiliation, humiliating, episode should I actually make it to Vegas and wind up interviewing them on the red carpet at least maybe we could use this as an icebreaker hey remember the crazy girl who delayed your flight and scared everyone into thinking that they were being hijacked by a washed up 80s actor having a really bad hair day that was me <laughs> a moment or two pass with me insisting to the flight attendant that I must 
be allowed to exit the plane before one of the country star's wives discreetly made her way up to the front of the cabin and right to my side. Honey, she said in her sweet southern drawl, I deal with the same thing all the time. I had to make them let me off a flight to L.A. once. I hate to fly with the passion. She put her arm around me and winked at me reassuringly. Come sit by me and I'll introduce you to my little friend, Valium. You'll be cleared for takeoff in no time. Um, ma'am, the flustered flight attendant interrupted. Looking alarmed, passengers aren't allowed to share medication with other passengers. It goes against our security policy. Miss Starwife looked a little miffed, but continued to pat me on the back in a very mother hen sort of way. Her kindness bringing tears to my eyes, she gazed at the flight attendant imploringly. Well, isn't there anything that you can do for this young lady? Perhaps offer her a better seat closer to the front of the plane? After a little shuffling around, a passenger at the front of the coach agreed to trade seats with me so I can have an aisle and a wall in front of me rather than being packed in like a sardine toward the back. Okay, here we go. I thought, take two. You can do this. I glanced over my shoulder at my boss, who by this point was looking more than a little annoyed. Turning back to the front, I closed my eyes and began to say the Lord's Prayer to myself. I was just entering the zone when I felt the ground start to move beneath me. And we were starting to taxi down the runway and my body was going into major fight or flight response mode. Fight won that coin toss as I jumped to my feet once again and pushed my way to the front of the plane. Ma'am, you're going to have to sit down. The plane has just started to pull away from the terminal. The blonde flight attendant insisted her calm exterior starting to crack a bit. No, I can't. I have to be let off this plane now. I asserted, I, I can't do this. I have to get off this plane. The flight attendant, perhaps seeing the look on my face and realizing she was either going to have to issue me a straight jacket or find a way for me to get off the plane, turned to her little phone and began punching buttons. After a hushed conversation, she turned back to me. Okay, we're going to pull back to the gate, she said. But you have to be seated in order for us to be able to do so. I walked the walk of shame back to my new and improved front row seat. My face no doubt turning 50 shades of magenta. As a flight attendant came over the loudspeaker, ladies and gentlemen, if you will remain seated and bear with us for just a moment, we are going to have to return to the gate momentarily. A few minutes later, as I was exciting that the plane bound for Vegas, I glanced back over my shoulder once more and missed our wife. She nodded back at me.
her eyes filled with compassion and understanding, tempering the sting of humiliation and embarrassment just a tiny bit. She gave me a reassuring smile that would stick with me over the coming weeks and months as things got more difficult at work based on my inability to complete the flight and take a signed spot on the red carpet. She, like Miss Loretta Lynn, who came before her with another guidepost I would meet along my path to becoming the woman I was meant to be. Even in the face of inconvenience, she was patient, kind, and protective of a young girl she had never even met. Her offer of William was less about trying to sedate me and more trying to do anything she could to think of to help me out in the time of need. Her big heart jumped to my defense even as my boss shot daggers at me from the back of the plane and that was something that I had never forgotten. Even all these years later, after slinking off the plane in a cloud of humiliation, it occurred to me that I had packed everything but the kitchen sink in my luggage, which was now footloose, fancy free and Vegas bound. The extent of my wardrobe left behind consisted of the clothes on my back, a few other grungy t-shirts, and one holy pair of jeans. I had no toiletries, no makeup, no shoes, not even any clean underwear. Let's just say hacking lightly has never been my specialty. Over the next three days, while the rest of the co-workers partied with my luggage in Vegas, I went by the airport every morning to check on the status of my bags. Each day the situation seemed more and more hopeless as now the airport couldn't even tell me that my luggage had in fact made it to Vegas. This only stood reason. I mean, if the owner of the luggage couldn't get over her fear and make it there, why should her luggage be held to a higher standard? On day four, when the airport representative came rolling out my two gigantic suitcases, I went and I wept with joy and relief and not even caring that my luggage had evidently eloped with two other suitcases while on its brief sabbatical to Los Angeles. And even though what happens in Vegas usually stays in Vegas, my suitcases and my entire wardrobe somehow found their way home from Sin City to Music City in one piece. Most people get on a plane to arrive at a destination. I got on a plane to arrive at an undeniable conclusion that the journey is in fact the destination. Yep, I've never been to Vegas, but my luggage has. I tell this story because it is a metaphor for my entire life. Over the past years, the past 34 years, my journey through life has been much like that infamous plane ride to Vegas that put its way down that runway but quickly turned back before it could really get off the ground. It has been complete with a cast of colorful characters who have each revealed a new layer of myself to me. Some have built me up 
and some have torn me down, but all have pushed me, challenged me, molded me into the woman I am today with as much excitement and anticipation and fire as a jet hurling down the runway, the relationships and significant milestones of my life have all been no holes buried, full steam ahead until something came along and threw a wrench in the the plan and the plane abruptly stop mid-course. Sometimes the plane stopped to avoid certain disasters. Sometimes the plane stopped to allow my path to collide with someone else's who was meant to have an impact on my life. And sometimes the plane just stopped to teach me a lesson that I never could have learned had it actually taken flight. Whatever the detour, roadblock, or stop sign, my life always finds a way to come magically full circle in the most beautiful, entertaining, and sometimes downright hilarious ways. And though many of my adventures have found a way to go horribly away, often taking me places I never intended to go, I have never lost sight of the fact that the journey is the destination. Does this cause me to lose hope? Absolutely not. Because in all their You know, the glory and my missteps and wrong turns have pushed me ever closer to my destiny, just as your own flaws are meant to point you towards your cause. The people, experiences, and lessons I have met along the way have all been guideposts pointing me in the direction of my own North Star. Most people's stories resemble those of a popular chiclet book, Girl meets boy. Girl marries boy. Girl has 2.5 kids, buys a minivan, and lives happily ever after. My journey, however, has followed a far less predictable story, stalled chapters, unexpected plot twists, and dozens of rewrites that have left the ending more than a little uncertain. But this much I know, had I never met these people and lived these wild and crazy moments of highs and lows and pleasures and pains, I would have never met myself without more than a few bad dates. I would have never met my fate. Am I perfect hearing of a modern day fairy tale? No. I've stumbled and fallen, made a fool of myself, given into fear, acted out in insecurity, made my bad decisions, battled my control, issues and broken my own glass slipper a million times but even in the midst of the biggest most explosive crash landings i've never given up hope for a happy ending so this is my story imperfect and zany and disjointed as it may be It is my fairy tale. Maybe I haven't met my Prince Charming, but I have met dozens of toads who have taught me how to rescue myself. Dozens of fairy godmothers who taught me how to believe in myself and dozens of magical moments that taught me through my blog, social media persona, and first book, The Single Woman, I became the voice for hundreds of thousands of women across the world who are also boldly and courageously living out 
there once upon a time, going on nothing but faith that the road less traveled will eventually lead to happily ever after. Along the way, I also met God. That has been the most significant meeting of all. And though my walk with him has at times been just as disjointed as the rest of my story, he is a common thread that connects all the dots. Working with God is not easy. It's tidy and, and no mess, no fuss, little journey as some would have say to believe. But it is messy, it is confusing and hard at times. It's not the wide path or the easy path, it's a narrow path. One I have strayed away from many times. The That really amazing, beautiful, miraculous thing, you know, about walking with God, however, is that even when you stray, He manages to find you. He uses the ugly, dirty things you do while running from him to draw you right back to himself. He finds the one tiny diamond in the mountains of ashes that we sometimes allow our lives to become from burning through the wrong people, the wrong relationships, and wrong experiences. Before you throw this book aside and discount it just as another Christian story, just hang on a bit. I'm not about to preach at you. I'm talking to you. My story is not a faith-based story. It is a story of faith. What I feel confident you will be able to relate to and learn from regardless of your particular spiritual beliefs. And if along the way you come to know God, the one that I know and love, well, we'll just have to count it as a bonus. It is my hope that you will see a little glimmer of yourself in my heartbreaks and my victories and in my defeats. It is my hope that my story will inspire you to go out and live your own story a little more boldly and fearlessly. May my lessons become your blessings and my mistakes chart a path for you to realize your miracles. I hope you chuckle along with me as I unapologetically follow my heart wherever it leads, even when it leads to unbelievably awkward, uncomfortable, hilarious hijinks. And perhaps my many, many falls will help you find the courage to get up time and time and time again. It is my hope that you will begin to see that every sentence, every chapter of your own story is all leading up to the bigger book, the bigger picture. Even though my story is still being told, I can look back at my journey so far and see how a heartbreak led to a breakthrough, which led to a new beginning which then led to another piece of my destiny falling into place. I hope that after reading this, you'll be able to look back at your own life tapestry. It all matters. Nothing, no, 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 nothing small or insignificantly happens to you without serving a greater purpose. Call it faith, you know, or as I call it, divine order. Every moment of your life pushes you towards your greater calling. I know this to be true because I've lived it. 
for my entire life, leading up to the moment when I began to step into my greater calling, God dropped little clues, hints, and breadcrumbs along the way. Sometimes he did it to draw me back to the path I needed to be on. Sometimes he did it to detour me away from a, a reason. I'm convinced that to make me laugh. But whatever his reason for intervening at integral moments along the way, this is what I have learned from co-writing my story with him. Every character, every chapter, every page, and every word has meaning. You will find lost and love and laughter and tears on these pages. You will find much flawed princesses. And who has hurt people, broken hearts, made shockingly bad decisions, falling in love with the wrong guys and been a victim of her own bad judgment? You will find an imperfect person who has let God down as many or more times as I pleased him. But even taking all that into account, I wouldn't have missed any of it for the world because all these experiences, these people, and these divine appointments help create me. These circumstances didn't define me. They helped refine me. The ashes of the girl I used to be turned me into the diamond of the woman I am today. And that's how, once upon a time, not so long ago, and far away, a single woman became the single woman. Beautiful Uncertainty by Miss Mandy Hill. Introduction. There's a lot of uncertainty about single life. Uncertainty about whom to date, whom to love, who loves your back, where to work, sometimes how to pay the next bill, how to cook, should you venture out to that movie or restaurant along or wait for a friend to join you, or should you buy a house or keep renting, try online dating or play it safe, and then sometimes you venture onto an online dating site briefly only to get hit on by a man three times your age who is proudly posing with his prized stuffed turkey in his profile pic and you dart quickly back to the certain path of safety. This is a strictly hypothetical scenario, of course. Every single day reminds me of the many, many uncertainties of single life and how those same uncertainties brought me here to this place as a writer, as a blogger, as an author, as someone you have invited into your world at least for a little while. By reading these words, just six short years, I was trapped in a toxic, a very toxic, abusive relationship that would ultimately change everything about my life. I just didn't know it at the time. Night after night after night, you could find me hidden away in my bedroom in the apartment I shared with my agnostic boyfriend, crying out helplessly to God from one of the darkest corners I'd ever found myself cowering in. God's grace is big enough to cover sinful decisions as it turns out. And it was during that time when I first began to really experience 
and embrace the beautiful uncertainty of not just believing in God, but of walking with Him, I knew without a doubt God was going to deliver me from that relationship. I just didn't know how. And at the time, I didn't even, I didn't need to know how. I just needed to draw near to Him and trust Him. I became a Christian at the age of 20. But I don't feel that I truly become a Christ follower until those nights of helplessness. Spent on my knees before him six years ago. It took fleeing from an unhealthy relationship to send me running straight into his arms. I didn't have a close relationship with Jesus until that season of surrendered uncertainty made him come alive to me in a whole new way I knew of him but I didn't know him I talked at him but I didn't listen to him my heart was in the right place and I loved him but I didn't seek after him I didn't pursue a relationship with him I didn't really listen to him much at all actually it must have made him really sad But you know what? He was faithful even if I wasn't. If you read my other books, you know what happened next. A few weeks later, I was free of that relationship. And setting the only New Year's resolution I have ever kept to write more, to find a way inspire others with my story God met me there right in the middle of my hopelessness, sinfulness and powerlessness he turned my life around he became my real he became real to me he, he didn't wait until I clean up myself to intervene he didn't reprimand me before he redeemed me and he also didn't hand me a roadmap before we started our journey together he simply stepped in took the controls and started to rebuild my life one brick and one miracle at a time always calling me to greater levels of trust and faith and boldness not because I had all the answers but because I had finally surrendered to the one who did Over the next five years, he would continue to guide me and prune me and use me, never failing to blow my mind. As I watch him work in and through my life to impact the lives of others like you that is reading this book, through my own trial and error and heartbreaks and stubbornness and sinfulness and humanness, he managed to do what I asked him to do make my story count over and over and over again sometimes in the most unbelievably jaw-dropping and yes even hilarious ways my walk with him is anything but orthodox and the uncertainty i once ran from in my life from being a planner and a controller and a completely neurotic type a personality i began to embrace in my life 
uncertainty of a singleness, the uncertainty of completely surrendering to him, no matter what, the uncertainty of stepping out in faith, even when fear and the uncertainty of playing it safe fought to hold me back, the beautiful uncertainty. Then, a little more than a year, I said a prayer that changed my life with him yet again when I set my goals for 2014 and created my yearly vision board. You'll find instructions for creating your own vision board later in the book. I listed only one goal for this year. One goal, no other dreams or plans or hopes for my career or love life. What was that one goal I will seek and pursue and fall in love with Jesus? With a radical abandon. Warning, only say this prayer if you're prepared for your entire world to be rocked on its very axis. Over the next year, I would see miracles abound from the planning implementation of a nationwide book and speaking tour in only a little more than a month to the removal of a relationship that had left me in limbo for seven long years from standing on a stage with my knees knocking in front of 20,000 women at one of my biggest heroes conferences to finally finding the physical home where my soul belonged in the form of a beautiful ranch in the country. I discovered the beautiful truth that when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all things really are added to you. And in my journey, at least, I found that when you seek him first, the things aren't part of his plan are taken away. So now, I want to invite you to travel with me through that wonderful, painful, magical, challenging, life-altering years of highs and lows, tragedies and charms, now snowstorms and earthquakes, high stakes and heartbreaks, great wins and losses and shedding tears and overcoming fears on the pages that follow You'll find easy essays, prayers, lessons, inspiration, and hopefully a little encouragement. You might even get so lost that you find yourself. And most of all, you'll find beautiful uncertainty. You may not find all the answers, but I hope when you're finished reading that you'll feel brave enough to start asking the questions of yourself and of God, even the really hard ones. Whether you're idling in stubborn sinfulness or walking in seemingly never-ending singleness or living with any sort of uncertainty, waiting for love, waiting for marriage, waiting for babies, waiting for a cure or a miracle or a sign or for God, I hope my journey will help make the wait a little easier and the uncertainty a little bit more beautiful. My walk with him has not is not and will never be perfect but it is real it's real and raw and messy unclear and doubt filled and at times rebellious as i'm sure yours is and it's the most beautiful walk i've ever taken because the destination doesn't matter holding his hand for the journey is enough he's always just enough light for the step i'm on
and in his presence is always a beautiful uncertainty, even when absolutely nothing else is. Prayer, dear God, help us to see the good in the not knowing and the joy in the in-between. Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, you know what, beautiful loves? I truly hope that your soul was encouraged on today by what was said, what was shared with you all. You know, as always, get at me with any topics that you may have. You know, you can always email me at boldsoldiersforchrist at gmail.com. Again, that is boldsoldiersforchrist at gmail.com. And listen, if you have a testimony that you want to share, well, listen, I'd love to have you up here for you to share it with all of us, with the world, so we can be blessed and encouraged and inspired, as well as, you know, if you have a product that you, you just launched or a business that you just started or, you know, a class that you just started, you know, whatever may be a program that you just started or you want to share some awareness about a, a topic, you know, something that you're very passionate about that's on your heart, you know, that um, you just want to let people know more information about it, how they can get more, you know, educated about it in, in, in that certain area or whatever and go, you know, spread the news and stuff around to, to others. Listen, get at me, all right? I want to know about it. We all want to know about it. We all want to hear about it, okay? So it could help us all out, all right? That's what it's about. You know, whatever gifts and talents you have, whatever it may be, whether you could sing or rap, rap or do a skit, you know, to a play or whatever it is, okay, we want to all know about it, we want to hear about it, so get at me, reach at me, listen, I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, username Apple Soldier Girl, you could direct message me that way as well, get at me, okay, because I want to love, I would love gratefully and thankfully to have you up here, definitely, to share with us, you know, and so, as always, you know, tell someone about this podcast, all right? Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a neighbor, tell a hater to check it out, all right? And so, you know, we'll, you know, grace, peace, love, and blessings. This is Monique signing off. You know, I'll catch you back next time, all right? Love you. Bye-bye. Miss you already.